the the long and short of it is that you could probably beat him in a beer mile. Yes, yes, I should have <laughs> beer mile. As soon as I get semi fit, we were like, we just need to do a time trial. Maybe the first one is a beer mile. If I can't yeah. run as fast as I need to to do like you know compete at the world stage, I'll just do it in the beer mile. And yeah. There we go. So the spicy question is, what the hell happened at the Big Bear Track Club? Oh, man. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Beer Mile podcast. Today, we have a very special guest. We talked to Stephanie Purple Brown. She's very candid about the ups and downs of her career, transitioning from her collegiate days to now unsponsored pro running. Uh, We talk about her recovery from back surgery and everything that goes along with it. Yeah, it was a great conversation. Steph is uh, very open and transparent about all aspects of her life and her running career. She gets into details about running professionally, both with a sponsorship and without a sponsorship. She also talks about overcoming injuries, training during COVID and, and recovering from COVID herself. And then also we get into some details on her time with the Big Bear Track Club and she gets a little bit into uh, body image and how that plays a role in the sport of running and her, her goals for this upcoming season. Before we get into the interview with Stephanie, we'll quickly review the beer of the week. This week we are drinking Maui Brewing Company Coconut Hiwa Porter. I guess I should have looked up how to say that ahead of time, but hey, we're doing it live. So Porter with a little bit of coconut flavor in it and... My initial thoughts taste pretty damn good. A robust dark ale with hand-toasted to- coconut and hints of mocha. It kind of tastes like a like a really nice cappuccino that was apparently alcoholic. Yeah, I'm kind of with you on that. It's uh, definitely a heavier beer, not something you would you know drink multiple of, but it's a great kind of colder weather, oh, full-time yeah, time winter beer. It's a good um, like Thanksgiving or Christmas yeah, beer. Exactly. Very filling too. It just you have one of these. It's almost like a meal replacement drink, you know. <laughs> yeah, like it's uh, like a slim fast. Yeah, but it's you know beer. So six uh, percent ABV. Um, does it even have the the IBUs? I well, so. I think I think based on my you know expert palate, I would say the IBUs are probably like sixteen point four to sixteen point seven. Do they even do points? I don't, know I don't do think points. they do. It's out of like. <laughs> I have no idea. I actually don't even know where Porter falls on the IBU scale. I think it's towards the lower end, but I, I'm not 100% oh, the, sure. Don't do the, me on that. the mocha, like, undertones of it actually tastes really good. It's really good. Normally, I don't like Porter's, but this is... I would give it, on the taste scale out of 10, I would give it a 7. Drinkability. First one gets, like, a 9. Anything after that would probably be, like, a 5 four. or a 4. Yeah, yeah. I think I think the taste for me is... I think it's at least an 8. Uh, especially comparing it to other porters, I think it's even more drinkable and taste is, you know, up there with some of the best porters out there. So yeah, I'll go eight on both. Eight on the taste, eight on the drinkability. Overall really good. And for the X factor for me, it's just, you know, coming from Hawaii, it's just good vibes, man. It's just, you know, good vibes just only. hang loose, like good vibes, makes me think of good times. So for that, you know, it gets a, it gets a 15 out of 10 you, on the X factor. Of course I've been to Hawaii. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> I have been to Hawaii and uh, did not have this beer when I was in Hawaii, but did have other Maori Brewing Company beers. And so, yeah, special place in my heart. And with that, let's go to our interview with Steph.
All right. So today on the uh, Beer Mile podcast, we're joined by Stephanie Brown. Uh, Stephanie competed at the University of Arkansas, where she was a 10 times uh, NCAA qualifier, an indoor champion uh, in the DMR and a four-time All-American. Currently, Steph is an unsponsored pro gunning for the 2021 Olympic trials as she springs back from her recent back surgery. She's known by many names, Miss Purple Brown, Perps, Chef Perps. Steph, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. Yeah, thanks for coming on. I know you're uh, an Illinois native. Is that uh, a sign up on your on your wall? Yes, I painted that. I wonder if I could. Hold on, let's oh, see. Very cool. Yeah, so I painted that at Painting with a Twist, but I didn't follow their instructions. I just did my own thing because. <laughs> and they were like, "How are you gonna do it?" I'm. I'm just gonna do it. So turned out all right yeah (laughs) yeah it looks it looks professional from here (laughs) thank you (laughs) that was perfect I didn't even think about that coming into this that you guys are in Chicago and yeah it's all staged yeah Yeah. where where at in Illinois did you grow up I'm from central Illinois so it's a farm background on there and I didn't grow up on a farm I grew up in Downs Illinois near Bloomington Normal okay okay I always thought when I painted that, that eventually I would paint like my husband's state with like his background, but my fiance grew up in Illinois too. Um, We met when I was in Montana and he was here in Ohio, but he actually grew up on a farm and like is a farmer at heart. So it's like, well, I guess I don't have to paint another one. (laughs) Yeah. Congrats on the, congrats on the COVID engagement. Thank you. Yeah. You know, um, it's funny because he actually put a mask on, an eye mask on me. And I almost made that my caption in the post, not the mask you're used to seeing in 2020. So, but. That's I, hilarious. <laughs> it, was, it was like, he, he took you out on a running trail or? Yes, which is kind of a funny story, but I sound like a jerk when I tell it. So, but I'll. By all means, tell it then. <laughs> yeah, so I came and visited him like a week before I had back surgery. I was like, it was kind of, we were talking for so long. He had recruited me to come pace McKinsey Andrews um, or race her in a mile. Uh, they had home meets here at Akron because they have a great track and they don't like to have their stars leave the home meet. So the deal was that maybe um, they could fly someone in. So um, Trey is coaching her, Brokaw, and he actually was messaging maybe two pro runners and one of them was me to come race. And I'm just like, no, I'm not running indoors. And then eventually he kept bothering me about it. I'm like, listen, I herniated a disc in my back. I'm not running at all. I don't want to talk about it anymore. (laughs) So we just kept talking and we've been talking for months. And then it was getting to where it was really like a lot of time during the day spent on the phone. And I'm like, okay, I got to go visit this guy before I back (laughs) surgery, or I'm just going to be like a cripple when I meet him. And I don't want that. So I came and visited and he took me to like a pretty cool trail. The towpath here is amazing. If you ever interviewed Clayton he'll probably tell you about it. And, um, so I, I'm running like five miles. I'm um, amped on adrenaline with him and seven minute pace, which I was okay with at the time, even though I was barely running, I just Mm -hmm. kind of sent it before surgery. (laughs) And, um, at the afterwards, he, he was exhausted. I mean, he was dying the whole run and he, he was like, come check out this bridge. And I'm like, okay, and we're up on the bridge. I'm like, he's going to kiss me, right? Like, 
for sure. And I just keep like getting closer and he's emotionally defeated. He's told me now, but he does not want anything to do with me. I'm like, this guy hates me. (laughs) And so I end up like later kissing him later that night. Um, but it always is a joke when we went there, like, Oh, you should have kissed me here. So he took me back there and said he missed the one opportunity, but he doesn't want to miss anymore. And then got down on. Yeah. So it ended up really funny and good. That was maybe too long of a story for that. No, I like it. I'm excited about it. The the long and short of it is that you could probably beat him in a beer mile. Yes. Yes. I should beat him in a beer mile. I mean, maybe not right now, but just because I'm really out of shape, but I want to do one really bad. So we're, I, I hope it like resurges post COVID. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that, I guess we can ask that right now. One thing we wanted to ask you was uh, if there were any plans to try one uh, and if you need any reasons for some concrete plans, we would definitely, uh, (laughs) if you, if you were to hit a world record or, you know, post a good time, we would totally give you some sort of sponsorship from beermile.com and uh, I'll try to make that a little famous because the women, yeah, the women's beer mile um, just like the men's, if you are one of the top in the U.S., you'll get, you know, a free trip internationally to the Beer Mile World Championships and huh. all sorts of good stuff. And uh, yeah. actually just on our, our last podcast episode, we just released with uh, former world record holder, Lewis Kent. He signed a deal with Brooks over beer miling. And so there's definitely opportunity. There's, to, yeah, uh, I, I need to maybe do it. See, so as soon as I get semi-fit, we were like, we just need to do a time trial. Maybe the first one is a beer mile because I have no standard. That's true. Just be where I'm at. Yeah. <laughs> a P- it'll be a PR no matter what. So that's true. Good, good, point. <laughs> good place to start from. <laughs> I know. Start with a PV. You can't complain. That'd be a good way to get out there. Yeah. It's funny because I think I think a few pros have done it, but they always are horrible. Mm-hmm. Right? Like the girls. Right. And like maybe it's because they don't drink beer at all. I don't really know. I just I gotta represent the Midwest, the you right. know blue collar. I could drink a beer and run a mile. Come on, there we go. <laughs> yeah, that's, so do, you, I, do you think the like the volume, like for the four beers, volume would be hard for you? Do you th- or or do you think that that wouldn't be too bad? Or would it be like the carbonation? What I guess, what are you most worried about going into trying one? I think speed of drinking the beer. Speed of drinking, mm-hmm. I because yeah. they drink it really fast. I mean, it's like yeah. second right like but, but you're also you're also faster for the running than a lot of the field would be so you can true. make up some ground there at least right i think just pacing it right too because you'll want to you know run the first lap pretty fast i'm is my guess but some of my friends have done it and like guy friends and they'll break six and i'm like they're not even in shape come on <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I gotta be able to do this. Yeah, yeah, you could be the first woman to break six. That would be amazing. What? Yeah, what is the women's world record? I forget. I think it's six sixteen currently. Okay. Yeah, and is she? Yeah. I I think she averaged. I think all of her beers were like ten to fifteen seconds, and so okay. that put her at like a, just over five minutes for the mile. Okay. The run for the running part of it. All right. So we gotta. Yeah, I gotta get in sub five shape first. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But it wouldn't feel good right now just because I've been battling some up and down injuries. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, well, maybe by the spring. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, who knows what's going to happen? I, Beer Mile is, I'm going to put that on my list. So. <laughs> 
Yeah. If I can't run as fast as I need to, to do like, you know, compete at the world stage, I'll just do it in the beer mile. And yeah. There we go. Exactly. So yeah, talk, I mean, speaking of the world stage, talk about the, at, at least coming from or coming off of surgery and like heading to obviously the Olympic trials have been postponed. Uh, right. What are your thoughts on that now? So originally I was like, I don't know about 2020. I mean, I, I might not even make the trials and I actually, since they didn't run any U S championships in the last decade, I've made every championship. So I was like, this has never been on my mind making the actual championship. And this yeah. is like a new process for me. Cause since freshman year, I always was there. So mm -hmm. I'm just like, okay, well, I might not even be good enough to make it to the trials based on my recovery. And so really, honestly, it was, that was hard to accept and to kind of let go of 2020 in a way, because my whole life had been revolved around that I would be at this perfect age for 2020. And that would be my time to like really shine. And so I just stopped thinking about it. I was like, forget it. I'm like, mm -hmm. if I just let go of it and then I started running actually pretty well as soon as I stopped worrying about it. And then it got postponed. So I was like, Oh my gosh, yeah, let's go. <laughs> like what they say, if you love something, you should let it go. And if yeah. it comes back, it was meant to be, but if it doesn't, it was never yours at all. That was like my quote from that, that I just thought, okay, it's come back to be like an option. Yeah. Um, and so I was really excited, but now I've had just like way more injuries like up and down since then. And I'm not an injury prone person. So I'm still excited about 2021 trials, but I'm like, I think I need to go back to like not being too worried about it because mm -hmm. I, this whole back surgery has been like, at first it was like smooth sailing. I mean, I was so happy. I got it. I got better. I got fit. And then it's just like thing after thing that comes up and I just, I'm going through the thick of those emotions of those, right. of that injured runner type, because I was not that. So mm -hmm. it's kind of hard. I mean, maybe later in life to start getting injuries and then, so but that's kind of the story, isn't it? Like, yeah. You get old. <laughs> 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 yeah. yeah. So yeah. how much, how much are you able to train right now? And do you have anyone that you train with currently where you're at, or do you mostly do solo, solo running? So most of the, the quarantine was great for the first quarantine. I don't know what's going on. I quarantines yeah. are happening all the time, but <laughs> the March to May. Yeah. Run, yeah. I, I actually train pretty much by myself. Yeah. But, and there's a couple girls around here. Mackenzie Andrews is still mm -hmm. training under Trey, but she lives in Pittsburgh now. And then, um, but he trains another girl that's ran at Miami. She's a steepler, um, yeah. Alexavok, and she's pretty good. Like we match up in some workouts, but it'll be a point in the workout that maybe I'm, you know, speedier and some stuff or or I'm not gonna do any steepling drills so I can't help her in that so we we match up but we're not like perfect um so I have I do have also the girls on the team and now potentially some of the guys on the team in the future but um with the fitness I'm at it, it's like do I really need anybody to help 
because I just need to get back to that fitness. So right now I'm not really worried about it um, yeah. as far as who I'm training with. Got it. So mostly just, are you just kind of doing, trying to build base at this point and get back oh, into steady running? Yeah. I forgot that half of the question. Um, I actually have like some arch thing going on in my foot. Okay. And so right now I'm just biking. Um, I got put in a boot yesterday and this is the first time in my life that I'm in a boot. So I'm like, seriously, this is ridiculous. But it's like one of those things that I actually hurt myself doing rehab. So I overuse injury myself during rehabs. Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. Like, wow, this is embarrassing. <laughs> I'm at that point. And, but I do think um, the doctor was telling me that maybe because I got COVID during that time period that just nothing recovers as fast. So I was running some during COVID and doing rehab and that just maybe was too much. So it could have been partly, I'm going to blame COVID. I mean, who isn't? That's, that's fair. <laughs> how, how long were like the worst of the symptoms? Like how long did they last for you? Um, for me, the first three days, uh, I was like runny nose and then, um, and then I lost my taste and smell and the body aches, but then losing your taste and smell is probably the most I would say the worst symptom. And I don't want to say that because a lot of people are like having, you know, more body aches and hospitalized and stuff and um, generally older population or underlying lying conditions. But for me, um, losing taste and smell, it was just so weird. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah I was like getting emotional and just like, why am I even cooking dinner? Like, you know, <laughs> I can't even taste it. Um, yeah, I could make some bland ramen and <laughs> yeah, be fine. Yeah, I was eating like cereal with a scoop of protein powder in it. <laughs> it's like, ugh, what? Is, this is so dumb. But I got, I was starting to get the smell back. And here's the silver lining is I could only smell like good stuff at first. Like, I just just started I'm just I just started smelling farts again like so I could not smell my fiance at all I was like this is like crazy I just I couldn't smell anything bad I mean I can't smell the trash I'm like I mean kind of nice but also like if the house was on fire downstairs I wouldn't know, oh, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, like, yeah. it's weird so that's the most uh, the longest lasting symptom I've had Okay. Yeah. sounds like there's some positives, but yeah. I was also, yeah, we were, we were kind of talking earlier. So with the loss of like taste, could you just get yourself to like eat super healthy foods that you normally don't even like the taste of because you're not enjoying them anyway? Or, or were you, or were you trying to kind of overload, like, like you said, the cereal with uh, protein powder, trying to actually yeah. give a lot of flavor so that you can taste a little bit of anything? No, that was just because I was like, I don't want to cook because I can taste it. And I love cooking. I, yeah. I actually teared up like, I'm never going to be able to taste again. And I love cooking. Like, this is the worst, you know, because I'm a baby, I guess. And so <laughs> I, I was thinking about that. I'm like, maybe I'll be able to stay fit during COVID because I can't taste. Um, but I still found myself like wanting Cheez-Its and like dumb, like a burger and so I was like, this doesn't make sense. Maybe I am addicted to certain things. You had cravings then, but you still couldn't taste or smell. Yeah, it was horrible. It was like the worst situation. <laughs> but you can taste, you could like taste the difference between sweet and salty or like spicy and not. And so I was like, 
trying to mix a lot of things like together so that I could feel the difference like and using a lot of hot sauce on everything just because I was like all right I can kind of taste it I think but yeah I don't know I don't have good advice from COVID <laughs> I just yeah, rolled lesson learned just like don't get it <laughs> yeah Right. And I only got it because of it. I think I got it on the plane back from seeing John Ball in Arizona, which every runner ends up seeing. And so I was like, I got COVID because I was injured from running, (laughs) which it wasn't even like I was super injured. I just felt like I needed a little more knowledge on like what's going on with my back that's causing little things. So yeah. Yeah, that was my whole like plan. Um, and then I got COVID and got injured doing rehab instead. Yeah. So <laughs> it's fine. Uh, speaking of baking, like has how long has that been one of your interests? Has that like kind of come along with running or have you just like always loved it before? That? I baking is it's funny. I'm not that good at baking. Honestly, baking is just easy to share with people, like a lot, like to hit the masses, but I always loved grilling and cooking and I don't know exactly why I think I'm just like innately a creative person. So getting to like create and make food was always something I liked doing. Um, I'm one of those, I don't really follow a recipe. So even though I have my chef page half the time, honestly, I'm kind of making up the amounts and stuff because I don't, <laughs> so it doesn't turn out right. <laughs> I fucking hate food. <laughs> like whenever I try and cook with my mom, like we'll always make cookies for, uh, for Christmas. And I'm like, I am the worst baker ever. And I like need strict instructions to follow. Okay. For baking, you do need strict instructions because I try to wing it on that. And there, I should start posting my fails, like swipe to a fail or something. (laughs) But I, with cooking, I just do whatever. And so, but baking actually started maybe more in college because, and I guess it came along with running in some sense, because I just. I don't know. I like to bring the people that help me like cookies and stuff. So the trainers or like my doctors, I would always visit. I would always have like cookies, even to this day. Um, So it's kind of like something that I just was able to give to people that they would appreciate, but it wasn't like, I don't know, just money. I I don't know. It's something different, like it's personal, you know, because like I find out someone's gluten-free and then I'll go out of my way to make gluten-free stuff for them you know so it's just the little things like that that I enjoy doing for others so cooking is fun but it's most fun when I get to share it so that's why I started baking (laughs) so hence yeah hence the uh the Instagram page for cooking yeah yeah that that just happened because I kept posting it on my story and everyone was like okay you just gotta make they would message me like just make a chef page and people started calling me chef perps so I was just like, all right, I'll do it. When, when can we expect like a little small, like purple cookbook, like signed by you, obviously delivered to us? <laughs> Actually, it's so funny. Everyone's coming out with a cookbook. So it's like really unoriginal. But I think what makes me different is that I still am making indulgent food. And I'm trying to show that like, you can be fit and fast and you don't have to like, I don't know eat a bunch of veggies and every in every aspect like I do love veggies and I love all that stuff but I I try to make a good decision in a delicious meal like throwing in I don't know um 
turkey sausage instead of regular sausage. I'm not going to tell you to make turkey bacon because it's gross, but turkey sausage is good. So I try to make a good um, cookbook. I maybe will need to work on. I could probably put one together with my page right now. Yeah. But I haven't ever um, been too like forward on that. I just share because people asked me to. So if you want one, I could, you know, <laughs> just for you guys. Like, oh, yeah, custom deal. Okay. Custom. Yeah. 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 Right. Custom cookbook for the Beer Mile podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. So how, how much, I guess, has this evolved over time, your sense of like diet and not being overly strict on it? I mean, that's, that's definitely like a big question amongst runners and especially like pro athletes too. How strict I guess, have you been throughout, has that something where you've become more lax on over time and, uh, or, or have you, you know, always had that kind of that approach of, you know, balancing it with having some things that taste good and maybe aren't the healthiest, but also still making sure you're eating healthy. Yeah. So I don't know, maybe it's just my, the way I was born, like brought up was that may, that it's just not, you know, what's right. And you don't know what's wrong, you know? So like, if you're full, you're full, right. Mm-hmm. So you just stop eating, but I am more of a like, I probably eat healthy the first two thirds of the day and then dinner. I mean, I eat healthy, but I'm not, I don't feel restrictive and I love ice cream so much. So it's just like one of those things that I, I just never um, get too weird about, but I will say like body image for running is like a tough topic, you know, like we run in bikinis, like, I mean, who doesn't want to look a certain way when you're going to be on TV in a bikini. And to say that I don't think about that is just a bold faced lie. And so when it comes to like racing season, I think without overly thinking about it, I just naturally start to cut the crap because like, Mm -hmm. not only do I feel better in workouts, like I feel better with how I look. And, um, you don't, I know that you don't need to be in a certain box to be fast um because I've I've never um I never thought about that when I was younger I never thought about that in the first couple years of college like it was not a thing but it's a huge thing now especially with social media and all this stuff but I would say like body confidence is like a really tough issue and I don't have the answers and I'm not going to pretend I do because I still think I struggle with that personally and I think everyone wants to have that answer, especially as a female runner. And they're like, Oh, I don't, I don't think about that. But like, I got to tell you, like most of them are. And I think most of the people that I come in contact with do, and it's a struggle um, across the board. And I think social media is making it worse and not better, even though you are seeing body confidence, there's also like editing of photos. There's Mm -hmm. just the exposure to the way the fast people look in their life you're you're you get this inside lens whereas when I was in high school you didn't know anything about that like I didn't even understand like weight issues I think the first time I was told that I should try to lose some weight I asked why because I didn't I was like what do you mean right I look good I'm running fast (laughs) (laughs) and they're like uh It's also different on the track, like with, you mentioned Instagram, like with still photos, you can always edit it. But like when you're on the track running, you don't have a lot of mental or physical energy you can dedicate to like 
like looking very good. Like you're, gonna, yeah. you're probably gonna look as as worse as you probably can. Yeah, true, true. So yeah. It's, it's like, are you in the air or are you landing? I yeah. don't know. <laughs> you yeah. can't. Yeah, I. But, it, but had, it's hard because. Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, have you had, uh, have you had coaches over time that have kind of pushed the diet issue? I know I've heard. So I neither of us. Uh, I guess Adam kind of ran D one for a season, um, but we we didn't really have that experience, you know, running D one or or post collegiately. But I know from some that have that. That's some programs, especially they really push the diet issue yeah. and, you know, being as light as possible, et cetera. And like, they were really strict on that. I'm curious if you've had any of that throughout your career or if, uh, or if it's mostly something that you've just kind of, you know, dealt with on your own. Um, okay. So this is always a hard answer for, I think, especially since like, there's like, it's such a negative, right? So it's so negative that like, being fit the word fitness and the word like lean is just like seen as this evil term but like there is a level of like you do feel better when you hit that sweet spot right like everybody knows that like when you're out of shape you get bigger I mean it's just not everybody but in general so I think there was we did think about that but being like as skinny as possible was not seen as a positive for like my team, but being fit was seen as like where you want to be. And then when you weren't, you felt maybe more inadequate and maybe that's like self um, inflicted. Maybe sometimes it came out the wrong way, but I would say like it was a part of like my life and running, especially in college somewhat, because I am probably a more muscular gal altogether And, but when I get fit, I look like my abs just look a certain way because of the way I was born. And so like, when that's what, what everyone's accustomed to, then when I don't look exactly like that, then in their minds, like I'm not ready to run as fast as I was. Whereas even though I would say that's not necessarily true, like I ran so fast as a freshman who hadn't lost any weight, I ran 205.0 and I ran and then I lost some weight just like through training and like thinking about like portion control and it was super healthy. Like the way I was back, you know, then I always like ate dessert. I used to, I'll, whatever. Anyway. So it was, it was a healthy thing that I lost like five pounds, like, because I, I could, I could lose it back then. And it wasn't like anyone saw me as I really didn't even really look very much different but I ran the same time the whole year like I maybe ran 204 high in outdoor season but it was a lot of 205s and I was like five to seven pounds less but like I still ran just as fast so I think like but then eventually that that body image gets like kind of clicked in to I think some coaches mind that that's like what means fast Mm -hmm. like fitness and leanness means you're ready to go but to their like to their truth I I would say I am a runner where he's like you could like look at me and say and you can tell if I'm fit or not like Mm -hmm. I don't look the same right now as I did in 2018 you know like because I'm not in that shape like I I thought I was ready to break forward like I just I'm not in that position so I don't look like that but I've had like really positive um, you know, people around me that have always kept it in check. 
but I would say it's a battle for most the a lot of college women and pro women whether whether they had a coach that was like that or not just because of the ment the mentality of it I don't know if that yeah. helps answer that question. no that, that does that does <laughs> yeah I've, I've just kind of heard of all extreme cases of like having athletes log every single thing they're eating and yeah. the coach has to like approve of what they're eating and, and oh and no we didn't do that that's yeah not <laughs> no I, I, that's, could order, yeah. <laughs> I could order a dr pepper in front of my college coach and nothing would happen yeah, like, yeah, yeah. okay like i but but unless I was like you severely out of shape, then maybe he'd be like, hey, you want to make a better choice, right? You know. But it was it wasn't ever like. Still more I mean, if I'm fast and running, if I'm running fast and I'm fit, like hands off. Like we didn't have. You could see a nutritionist yeah. if you wanted, but it's not. You know, I wasn't babysat. That's for sure. Yeah. So if so. you're if you're like running two or four lows you can like drink beer and have a glass of wine during the season <laughs> <laughs> i okay here's the thing i always have beer and a glass of wine during season i don't know like everyone's a little different like cutting alcohol i i found out that that's a pretty big thing across groups like they have like a cut period yeah. see i didn't know that because i only was in a group for a month but otherwise i like i've just been on my own and you know i my lucky meal of the day before a race is a Corona and a burger. And that is like the meal, you know, if I can have that, I, I can chill. I'm good. I, the haze in the barn, one beer is not going to hurt. <laughs> yeah. Nope. So. Well, we, we definitely agree with that. So clearly, <laughs> <laughs> you guys must have saw an interview of me before. That's why I'm on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. No, that's hilarious. Yeah. It, it seems like a wide range. Like some, mm. some professionals will never drink some, like we talked to Nick Simmons and he was like, same thing, beer the night before a race always, because he just felt yeah. like relaxed and calmed the nerves and he just likes beer. So yeah. I think it's also like for every athlete, it's a control mechanism. So I'm controlling that I'm like laid back and I'm not worried about it. And for another athlete who's a little more type A, like they control that they did everything that right. So like, I think that what's behind it isn't right or wrong on either aspect like so I think that that's like what gets misconstrued someone that's really like meticulous in this you know way they're seen as the crazy runner but it's like I'm doing the same thing and controlling my choices and saying I want a corona before a race so that I know that I've relaxed and that I'm mentally chill and that's what's going to help me when I get on that line whereas for someone who doesn't in their like in cut period, if they make up that, if they choose to have a beer with me, they're going to get on that line, maybe a little mentally messed up. I, I didn't, mm -hmm. or look back if they don't have a good race and think I didn't do everything right. That was a mistake. This was a mistake. Right. So I think, I think it's a control mechanism on each end of the spectrum. It's just like anorexia versus um, like obesity. Really? They say it's the same disease. So I think we're seeing the same thing, but we're like, we're putting people in this box where it's like, it's, it's the same. Everybody's doing their, the most to be their best on that line. Yeah. So, yeah. Is what uh, it is. That's good yeah. insight. Um, let's go back to, I guess, coming out of college running, uh, your transition to, uh, you know, professional running and then navigating that world and then how you've continued on uh, without a sponsorship, but still continuing to try to run at the highest level. Uh, if you could walk us through a little bit of that, I'm sure we'll have 
some some uh, follow-up questions as well. <laughs> okay. Uh, out of college, I stayed at Arkansas and transition was squeaky clean in that regards. I don't know that I did super well at like getting a great contract, honestly. I think I kind of just got my Nike contract because of my coach. I didn't have an agent. I, I don't know. When I look back, I, that was a horrible choice. Like I wish I would have known a little bit better, like my own worth coming out of college or at least seek it out better. Um, so, uh, I got my contract and it was fine. I mean, I ran fast my first year. I went from four eleven to four Oh seven. Um, and I, I think I ran two Oh two again. I don't know. And I ran pretty fast in the K so I was running well, um, competing well. And then after a while, I just, I felt like I wanted to train with someone that was better than me. So that's how I ended up going to Big Bear Track Club. Um, that didn't work out. That was actually honestly like the biggest mess ever. Um, so that was hard. Like I, you know, continued running, but it was like, I lost my Nike contract after I made trials final and everything. And which was, it was just hard because I didn't do anything wrong and I wasn't running bad. So this was like, and I hadn't, they weren't even paying me that much. So I was like, seriously, like, I don't, I felt, do you think it was more yeah, just, I felt just like a business aspect that you weren't really interested? You were interested in like competing and like, out winning races and you just like didn't focus enough or like didn't have somebody to focus on the contract for you yeah so I still didn't have I hadn't I only got an agent like a couple months before I uh my contract was up so I didn't like even if I would have they would have re-signed me like none of my money would have went to her or the well her company so um just my race money would have but my percentage, you know, that's how it works. Um, so I, I would say they just like, there was no point like for Nike to keep Stephanie, like, and not to be like, you know, everyone wants to like hate Nike, hate this, hate that. Like, I mean, I do think it's kind of crap. Like some of the contracts I've heard from them and like some of it is crap but I think like every company kind of has some crap like um so I think that they had a good relationship with my coach in in Arkansas and um me leaving was like this like under impression I would be under him even though it said that nowhere in my contract that so I think that's kind of what happened honestly I don't I don't really know because I don't work behind the you know the scene or whatever like it's I honestly don't know what why so yeah I wasn't really told um ever that I why I lost my contract so Got it. and then I ended up going to Montana and I got hurt like immediately so I lost my contract and then like when I was just like super motivated, I knew I was going to lose it. And I actually like, I just ran on some ice in this Turkey trot. And I ended up like tearing part of my FDL, which is your tendon that connects to your, all your small toes. So, um, and then goes up in your calf. So my, sh- my shin hurt 
um, <laughs> basically. And that took a while to figure out and to navigate. And I don't know, like I probably wasn't in a, the best like mental attitude towards it. So I think it took even longer for it to heal. Mm -hmm. um, but it did. And I ended up running really, really well in 2018. And I didn't, you know, end up getting that contract. So like 2018 was like a great whirlwind because I I had actually like for, stopped caring about the contract situation. And so I just started running to like beat people and like win yeah. and I was doing like a great job and it was like so fun and then in I was the was 2018 or 2019 the Portland uh invitational 2018 was yeah yeah because that, so like that was the biggest track article of like Stephanie Brown destroys everybody and she's unsponsored <laughs> and yeah yeah which was a real bummer that I didn't nothing happened like I would have thought I don't know. I would have thought something would have happened right after that. But mm -hmm. uh, especially since it was like 40 degrees and raining that day. And I, I just like felt like I had so much more. Um, and the people I was, the people I was beating and, and like good on them, they all were signed. Like they all deserve that contract for sure. And, uh, but they also like ran other like bigger races that led to like faster time so I was like ah man I like wish I was in this race and that race so then yeah. I could have a faster time but you know that didn't work out for me a lot of my races I was in ended up being tactical I mean I ran my 800 PR at the end of a 1500 in one of my races so I thought I was really ready to go yeah but so it was just like this weird thing where I ran well and then the contract did get in my mind. And I think that was probably the worst thing that happened was that I was so worried about it because I didn't get signed. And I just, I kept thinking maybe I would, but I, it honestly, like I resented running for the first time in my life when I wasn't injured. So I was very upset with the sport. I was just like, so sad. I would like, stop and walk and runs like it was a couple months of just like really a pity party so it's kind of embarrassing even in a way when I think back to it now because I'm just like oh my gosh like you were I was so full of myself like running is so small you know but and I was so I felt bad for myself and I think a lot of that was because so many people were asking me every single day like every person wanted to know because they cared and I didn't see that as like a positive it just was like weighing me down and so after that was how I ended up like training like a psychomaniac um, and hurting my back. So I, I think like the whole progression is very telling of like, I, you know, rise and then I fell because of my rise without like what I thought was supposed to happen. Um, I right. think like if I would have just not cared again about the contract, it could have just carried on and maybe not injured my back, but yeah that's not right. what happened. So right. you're not, <laughs> don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So through, through the roller coaster of, of everything that happened in your pro career, was there ever a time where you like truly considered, like, I just don't want to run anymore. And like, you truly considered stopping or what did you kind of still, even though it was tough, did you still always know that you wanted to continue running uh, kind of regardless of the things out of your control, like something like a contract or, or the little injuries. Yeah. And yeah. So the original injury where it took me a while in Montana to figure out like 
coming back from that, I felt like was this like grand resurgence of like, you know, my running. And I, I always knew I wanted to compete. There is a time frame. There is an in an expiration date. So that's kind of like my favorite thing about it is like, I'm not going to be running math around 35. So don't worry. <laughs> like, don't worry. It's not me. Like, I'm not going to be moving up to the marathon, you yeah. know? So there is like this end where like, I know that that's a ceiling. So I was, I was always like, I think a lot of the ups and downs originally really made me realize how much I love just the act of running. Cause mm -hmm. I would trade my career. I would trade up competitive running right now. If I had a guarantee that I could just like run healthy the rest of my life and just like go out for runs and enjoy it. I would give, I would give up running hard. There's no like genie that tells you that that's your options, you know? Right, so right. I don't have that, but I, I would tell you right now that that would be what I would choose. Um, there were times where I just thought like during my back injury, cause I didn't run for eight months. Well, I didn't run for six and then I ran for a month. I had surgery and then I didn't run for two. So, um, when I said I sent it before surgery, it was just like a month of like, I'm going to have surgery. Who cares? You know. <laughs> so, but the, during that, that was pretty, pretty deep times in my life of just like, maybe I'm never going to be a runner again. Maybe I'm done, you know, like I, I really like didn't know how it was going to go. So, um, people really helped though. Like I was searching Instagram about micro discs. No one would respond mm -hmm. to me, but I ended up reaching out to Nate Brannon who ran for Canada, oh, yeah. but he had the back surgery. He was open about it. So, um, he lives in Cleveland, which is kind of funny. So, um, I've actually stayed in like decent contact with him and he's just been so supportive of like what's going on with like what he went through and all the injuries that came after his back surgery and how he mentally got through everything. So um, even now just going through these ups and downs really gives me like that, those little thoughts that creep in, like, am I doing the right thing? Should I be right? my energy somewhere else? This is like, I don't make any money. I'm, just like, am I one of those people, you know, <laughs> am I turning into that? Um, but I did get really fit during quarantine. So it's yeah. like, I do know that there is like, I can get fit and I, it takes mm -hmm. me like two months to like get to where I think I could run a four thirty-five mile. So it's like, uh, on the best circumstance, you know, but like, if I could just get healthy, that maybe that that's still a choice. And I will have a better story <laughs> if I do make that comeback and be able to help more people in the long run. So there is like, I'm already just sharing about my micro disc. I get a message still to this day, like once a week of an athlete that's going to have surgery and they're scared and they yeah. message me on Instagram and I'm the only person that responds to them. And I'm just like, wow. Like even a lady who has like this big brand called Buddha pants, like reached out to me and sent me all these pants and it was really cool like, because I just I was not wanting you know her to do it she didn't have to do that but I was one of the people that like actually like connected and um was open so I've kind of used my platform in some ways for good with the surgery and reached more people than I did running whatever time at right, Portland right. Track. So yeah there's some positives definitely yeah. definitely and maybe the 
all of these setbacks will just make you that much more motivated as well. Once you are back to training, it seems like, I mean, I know that's true for me when I'm yeah. injured, I'm so much more motivated yeah. back than if you're just kind of in a, you know, the monotonous training for years and years and years. So maybe there, maybe there'll yeah. be a bright side to that. Yeah. Yeah. It is weird when you come back from an injury, right? Like you're just, you like, like the bad days, you know, <laughs> oh, I miss it. so, I'm running really like cool, shit. but like, I just love running, you know, it's just like, just so it's like this dumb emotional roller coaster, and everyone's like, you're kind of crazy. I don't like running to the fridge, you know, like, and so there is that level of like the excitement of coming back. I've actually like, sort of documented the entire progression i have not done anything with the videos but i've videotaped myself almost through everything um i've been pretty bad the last few months and um but there's some i think maybe my when i first moved here a year ago i have a couple from then and there's videos of me running workouts during quarantine but I videoed my feelings of like this whole back surgery thing the whole time. So maybe one day if there, I'm like, if there is like the like grand finale and I make a team or something, I'm going to like put it all together. And be like, you can do it. Yeah. People would so, definitely love to see that. that I think that would get a lot of, a lot of uh, viewers that would really connect with it. Yeah. It'd be interesting. Cause there's some pretty bad videos of me like crying and you know, being like, my back hurts. I walked four miles and it's, you know, it's just like, it, I was just pretty honest in it. So we'll see if I ever put it together. And if I don't break this phone. Then... <laughs> yeah. One other question I thought of related to the, you know, running as a career, um, what was, how did like a typical day in your life change from when you were under the sponsorship with Nike versus then after the fact, um, I'm assuming you had to, you know, have another job and, and earn income in a different way. So how did your life change and lifestyle change from, from being sponsored to, uh, taking on running as your own endeavor? Yeah, well, actually, so yeah, I lost my sponsorship and I had like good support at first. And, um, I didn't do anything at first when I was injured either. So I was just like existing. Um, but then I started working in 2018. Um, I was working at a wine and spirit shop in Montana. So I, I did have like more time prioritizing to do since I, from when I wasn't doing anything, but honestly it was getting pretty boring doing nothing. So mm -hmm outside of running like it's nice to have like some job but it is like taxing over time because living in Montana was so expensive that I I ended up having to like um take on more hours and work full-time at that store that I was at which that was after my season so I during season I worked my boss was at one point the vice president of the NCAA so and his wife was like team USA handball Olympian and multi-athlete at Washington state. So like, and he was a football player at Georgia and then also like lived at Arkansas in Arkansas for a while. So it was like this really weird mixture of like perfectness and like a weird job, like, but yeah. they understood or like, yeah, go compete. So they let me go whenever, I mean, I'd be gone for three weeks sometimes. Um, but that season was like, I had to pretty much make it or it wasn't I didn't pay the bills, you know, like, 
And so I made a lot of money. I made more than I ever made with my contract in 18. Okay. Um, just races. I think yeah. I made 29 grand that summer. Like, so yeah. I can just say, it. <laughs> yeah, I think it was like, I made a lot that summer. Um, and a lot due to my agent did get me in good races, you know? So right. I did make money for those. Um, I would have made more if they would have done the testosterone like thing. Cause I did race the gold, silver and bronze medalist of the 2016 Olympic 800 women. So um, I did lose some money in that regards, like technically, right. but. Right. Um, and then what changed though after was that I was, you know, without the sponsorship, I think my mentality was I need to work harder. And I also had to work more after my season. Um, mm -hmm. cause a lot of my money went back into racing. Right. So even though I made that money, I didn't have the, the funds to go everywhere, even though some meets fund you and some don't, you just, you have to pay for certain things like Portland. I paid to go there. I've just made my money back from the, from the race like that's like all that happened so it's a give and take but in the end I think what's been interesting is after surgery as more when I've like had to rethink of like am I worried about making money or am I worried about training because mm -hmm. um if I would go stand on my feet all the day at a running store after back surgery or at the liquor store I just I just felt horrible. Like I couldn't heal. I couldn't train. Yeah. So it was like, I'm not even in a real job here. I either need to quit or I need to back off and like live kind of, you know, more poor in right. a way. So it's like, what am I doing? I, and so navigating that, I have a great setup here now. And I would work at a gym that really supports me. And so it's just like, it's kind of one of those things that it, it all like, took a while to figure out but if you want to do it you know if you want to do something you just have to like make the sacrifices and there will be like ups and downs and eventually you'll you'll figure it out you know like and not having a bunch of extra spending money is not the end of the world <laughs> like, and there's a expiration date <laughs> so <laughs> don't worry yeah like going forward like I feel like you're part of your source of validation is like this contract, no contract going forward from now. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like that's shifted more like internal or like just focus on race outcomes? Like what are you thinking headed into the future? Yeah. What's interesting is like, uh, I think it goes in waves. Like I didn't worry about the contract until it was actually a possibility to have it. And I mm -hmm. raced really well when I was just racing. Right. So um, and worried about winning. <laughs> so um, I want to run for someone, right? But like, I'm going to go try to beat everybody, whether there's something on my chest or not. And that's like, my value is going to be in beating my competitors. And, it, and whether they're signed or not, doesn't matter to me. Like, I just want to race and win and get back to that because it's so fun. And it's so great, you know? Yeah. Um, and I can wear whatever I want, I guess, <laughs> without, without being signed. 
so uh, you know, I true. always have the interesting race kits. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you uh, if you do that beer mile and do really well, maybe you can wear some uh, beermile.com and <laughs> beer mile podcast. Yeah, yeah, right. I'll make it happen. I mean, we can do any. We can do anything. It's awesome. yeah. So I. I value, there's still, I would love to be sponsored, right? But like, I don't even know like what's gonna happen, you know, if next week we all might be back in quarantine. Like, exactly. <laughs> I don't, we don't know what's gonna happen. And I don't think like I have to be defined by that. And if, mm-hmm. and if a lot of people, it would really stink if a lot of these runners lose their sponsorship because of this, you know, COVID stuff. Um, but I think that a lot of them hopefully will, feel like the value as feel value as a pro athlete still um without a name brand on their chest because i i think that is a hard um thing to overcome originally like Mm -hmm. i don't know why it just is you know it's hard to feel like i'm i tell people i'm a pro runner but i they're like who do you run for and i'm like uh it's like, it's, like, it's, like one, uh, it's like that one movie with whatever race is yeah. Talladega Nights where you just have like the and a tiger on the race car yep I like it we'll throw that up in the back <laughs> yeah well, I you know what am I running for this week beer of the week yeah there we go there we go so one, one more question before we jump into some the of the fun. closing yeah uh stuff I you might have already answered this but would you rather uh get a sponsorship or okay. compete unsponsored knowing that somehow some way like all your bills are still going to be paid for you just don't have like the name brand and maybe like a few extra bucks Ooh, i would say that there's like value in both sides of it like not being sponsored and like kind of having your you know no ties to anything is great but also like feeling like you can help a brand and maybe be a part of something more and reaching more people that way I think that there's give and take on both sides and for me if I was able to just compete I would be good with either side love it it's a good answer that is a good answer (laughs) um we have we'll go into uh two final segments then um cautious of time so the first one is a newer segment that we call the spicy question of the week. And so, oh, no. I can, I can this one, right? <laughs> so Adam's going to take this one, but basically the segment okay. is Adam's going to ask a, a spicy question, a little edgy, controversial potentially, but it won't be, it won't oh. be, too bad, I promise. Um, but in order to ask the question, he has to finish his drink uh, to earn that right to ask the guest the question. So, okay. So, and if we, if you want, if you don't want to answer it, we're going to ask it and then we're just going to cut the response. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. There we go. All right. Ready to go. You can do it. There we go. Okay. Boom. Spicy okay. question of the week. Oh, wow. That was funny. <laughs> so the spicy question is what the hell happened at the Big Bear Track Club? Oh man. Um, uh, one day, <laughs> once upon a time, I'll tell you, I was running and I did a workout and we picked up my Nike gear from their parents' house down the hill and we got to the top and, um, everyone stood around. Brenda went inside. Carlos came out, said that she hadn't been running well 
as we know, they had fought at the track for an hour and we all were hanging out there and then turned to me and said, I was the reason why and that I'm off the team. And I had just moved. My heart is like racing. I hate like this story. I just moved across the country. And so I was kicked off the team. Um, and yeah, that was what happened. And, uh, at the time I was, you know, dating, I, well, I wasn't, I wasn't even dating. I had just started dating, um, one of the runners on the team who wasn't kicked off, but then quit the team. So yeah, Christian also left like a month later or something like that. Um, it was like two, two weeks or a okay. week and a half, like thinking about it. Yeah. Um, I tried to talk to them and I knocked on their door, um, to like, figure it out and they were in their house and like wouldn't answer the door or talk to me and so I've never talked to Brenda since that's so weird yeah they had been recruiting me to be there for like a year and a half since I graduated college so it was like this weird so I wanted to go train with Brenda because I trained with Kristen with Thomas um before so I was really excited to like go and like have someone better than me um turns out like I was maybe like one rep off of being as good as Brenda as far as like workouts like I I really have probably worked out better than I ever raced turns out I was the 20th person kicked off the team they kicked off every people were kicked off the week I got there which was a month before like I was I there were people being kicked off when I was there someone was kicked off and reinstated um and then a lot of the people that were there after me, they ended up getting kicked off too. We had a group of us that were all kicked off and in the area and yeah. we ended up working out together, which is like kind of the coolest thing. Like, like and in the end, like, yeah. In the end, there was like a group of people that were kicked off by Big Bear Track Club that ended up training together and band together and were some of the best relationships. Like I still talk to some of them to this day. So yeah. I don't know. It's just like bizarre. Um, it, the whole like, situation. How big is the club now? It's like five people, right? Like it's tiny. No, it's Brenda. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the intro to the video. It's, it's just her. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I had a dream though. Um, I don't know. After this is, this is like part of the thing, like to be a good, you know, I, forgive them like I don't know what's going on in their life I don't know if it's good or bad I don't really know but I had a dream one day that I was sitting with Brenda on like a porch and she looked at me and she said Steph and I said I know don't worry about it I forgive you and so I think like um you know I don't know what's going on in their life I just know that I was dropped and maybe I was a threat maybe I have no idea. So part yeah. of, I know what happened, but I don't, you know, right. because I never got to speak to them about it. Weird. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff happening over there. <laughs> uh, there's like a, a, the backstory of this, like goes further is like, I had been living with them like in their house. So oh, okay. one time they were both gone into me and I, like they love their animals. Like she has three dogs and a cat. And so I like, I was pretty thankful. And like, I was having a hard time moving from Arkansas. Like I cried my whole drive over there. Like it was weird. It was weird. Like I was just like, uh, that was my first part of my life, you know, like yeah. mm -hmm. as an adult. Yeah. So moving there was tough. And I, 
you know, uh, I was just like going through a lot. So, but they've been like pretty nice and I hung out with a group more than her, but she, she's like, honestly, a little bit intimidating. So and, like Carlos is kind of intimidating. So it was just like kind of an intimidating environment, but I, uh, I was really like thankful for like, just, you know, the opportunity and running with them. And like, mm -hmm. I was excited to train with Brenda more. And so I, I made this like board. I got like kind of like that wood and it was like, but it was like an old fence post that had a hole in it, which was really cool. And I sanded it and I, um, I paw printed all their dogs and oh. their, put their names under it. And um, then I left and I wrote mom and dad and I left space for their hands and the paint. No. And I wrote them a card and said, you know, and so Brenda had texted me um, and she was like, thank you so much for this. Like, we really appreciate you. You're such a good teammate. And this is a, um, a Tuesday and I got kicked off on Thursday, like of the same week. Yeah. So the I'm, day after, I'd be though, so upset if I, put I wasn't living with them anymore in the day because that room opened up in the house and I was staying there. Uh, and then the day after we were going to drive down to go to do some treatment. And so like some of us were like there and outside their house waiting because like we would all get in the van and go down and uh, we heard them screaming at each other from outside and it was just like insane and we were like yikes this is awkward so this is Wednesday and then Thursday we had a workout and on the workout I was doing 400 repeats at 800 pace with four minutes rest and it was probably the one of the best workouts of my life like I ran sub 60 on all of them and I ran five and Boris was doing the same workout as me but of course like way faster and then Brenda was doing a preemie so she had to run a 400 and Carlos said 58 and so she went and ran and um it wasn't with me but she ran like 60 and he said he just blew up at her and said what the fuck was that Brenda I when I say run 58 you run 58 and she was like I don't like she usually never would say anything like if they were like kind of bickering but she was just like I don't need your negativity, like blah, blah, blah. He's like, you're going to run it again. And like all this stuff. And she's like, dude, you're the one who was yelling at me yesterday. And like this and that. And I don't even know like what they were talking about. We knew they were fighting the day before. Yeah. And so I'm like, Hey, um, I'm running, you know, 400s at like 59. So, <laughs> and I'm like running 2930 on all of them. I was like, Hey, if you want, I'll go out a little I like just walked up to her. I was like, if you want, I'll go out a little. Cause he was like, you're running it again. I was like, I'll go out a little faster and you can pass me mm -hmm. and yeah. run. Like I'll help. And yeah. I had offered to pace her race that weekend too, which was like the great, I don't know. So anyways, uh, then all of a sudden, like he was like, no, she doesn't need, she's not getting your help. She's doing it like on her own. Like, and she so then yeah, she doesn't end up running anything else. They went to the other side of the track and they, I finished my workout. It was like, I did awesome. Right. So I'm like, it was like the first good workout in big bear too. I was like, sweet. I'm like, in yeah. the groove. like I'm getting used <laughs> to this. Like I've been there for a month. So it was about time when you start feeling like yourself mm -hmm. and 
they just fought and then we did like a cool down and then we just sat there and then Brenda was going to do a cool down and we went and got lunch and we came back and picked her up and it was just silent and we went and picked up my Nike gear went on the mountain and that's when they kicked me out so I I don't know that was like legitimately that was really what happened I think they in the end said that it was because I was dating Christian which they were pushing on me which was like so frustrating because like then that all happened that like everyone was like you moved there and like did all this stuff and started like you guys were here for this and it was like dude they, I, they didn't even kick him off <laughs> like I was <laughs> like they kicked me off <laughs> like, yeah. I was like and they kept just, like they were like you guys should go out like blah blah, blah. and I was like even more of a wild ride and wild story on yeah. top of yeah. that yeah I don't know Brenda's whole thing I have no idea I I was upset about New Balance sponsoring that group like after it but I think it's pretty much dissipated like no one's there um all the people that were running they like exile you right so like I didn't even talk to the girls that I was friends with anymore until later and then like they Instagram messaged me or text me and were like it happened to me too they kicked me off now so it sounds like a cult like they're like oh yeah yeah it was it was weird you that's yeah that's crazy I hope that I hope that their relationship I fear for them like the future of like because running ends you know like running doesn't matter right (laughs) you know it's like this small period of time you're going to be a runner and then from then like you have a lot of other life to live so hopefully hopefully that there's been some resolve for their future yeah I don't know what's going on I think they have a lot of their own problems and then just try to push it on someone else so then she ended up running pretty well that weekend <laughs> and in the interview she was like we got rid of some of the negative negativity and the I was like what? <laughs> watching this interview oh just God. like uh, <laughs> it was me <laughs> That's you should, yeah, you on should, Tuesday, I was a good teammate, so I don't know. Change your, change your Instagram handle to the negative energy or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, the funny thing is, like, this would be that back then, like, the group that I, like, they were like, I just say things that are true. Like, I try to be really honest and, like, forthcoming. So, like, even just saying, like, yeah, I you know, deal with body image issues and so does everybody. So sorry. Like I'm not gonna make some crap that I'm like perfect or like I got it all worked out or like not worried about getting sponsored. Like I do think about those things. So but everyone's like you need to be the real Steph Brown. Like they're like you need to make a separate account for all your real thoughts and call it the real (laughs) stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Ah that's probably that's true i mean without without any you know shoe sponsor kind of putting a muzzle on you i mean uh, you, you can voice your opinion i don't even know that it's people aren't in that big of a muzzle with their sponsorships i think that this is all getting into this bad rap of like sponsorships and i feel kind of bad like especially like the pregnancy thing like i feel bad like but i mean you gotta it's your job to compete so like if you don't compete you don't like Mm-hmm. If someone just didn't show up to work, like, right, gonna, not a great you know, <laughs> I don't know. So, like, there is a level of like you're in a rock and a hard place for for both the athlete and the sponsorship. 
Uh, just some closing questions. It's a segment we call the last gulp. Um, basically just rapid fire questions. You can answer it with one word if you want. If you want to okay. give it a sense, sentence or two, feel free, but uh, it should be pretty quick. Okay. Awesome. Sounds good. Uh, I'll kick off. Uh, favorite alcoholic beverage? Um, uh, wine or beer. I don't know. Both of them are good. <laughs> well, what, uh, what type of beer? Would, would type you... of beer uh i like stouts and light beers the best okay they're yeah, that's like opposite. Very opposite things <laughs> very opposite <laughs> but you're putting too much thought into these questions <laughs> so, okay i'll um i like cream ales and coffee stouts and pinot noir here's a degenerate question how many holes does a straw have oh is it one or two? Oh, yeah, one, one. One. <laughs> she, she answered it. Oh, right. it's a one. All okay. right, there you go. Okay. <laughs> That's great. Um, if for the 2021 uh, Olympic trials, if you could pick the event you want to be in, uh, you know, your favorite event, would you, what would you pick? I would pick the 800. 800? Cool. Wasn't sure. I'm if a 800 runner, but I, I get to run both now. <laughs> Heck yeah. If you could be a pro in any other sport, what would it be? Football. No, yeah. Just because, well, then I had to be a guy. So probably soccer. Yeah. I'm a loser. American women's team is hype, so. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, is a hot dog a sandwich? No. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. I mean, but Please stop. Kind of. <laughs> That's good. I'm glad you had a strong opinion on that. That's good. That's good. <laughs> All right. You're sitting down for Thanksgiving dinner. Are you going to eat white or dark meat? <laughs> um, ham. Ham. Oh, you're okay. Ham. All right. <laughs> I like that answer. That's a good answer. Good. Uh, how do you like your coffee? Black. Ice. Cold brew. Boom. Nice. Yeah. Good answer. Nice. Uh, favorite social media platform? Probably Instagram. Yeah. YouTube for like entertainment, Instagram for creating photos and content. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you have one day left to live and money isn't an object. How do you want to spend your last day? Um, with Trey, for sure. And I don't really care what we're doing because he'll just make me laugh. Like I, I would like to be on a, maybe on a beach or somewhere warm, like maybe on a boat, lake, warm, hanging out with him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Last question. Favorite genre of music? Rock and roll. Oh, okay. Right. Is this like current rock and roll, <laughs> classic rock? Classic rock. Classic I rock. actually have rock and roll tattooed on me. That's my dad's phrase. He yells rock and roll at me when I'm racing. And so I have uh, rock and roll on me, but I just, I love classic rock. It's so hype. Yeah. Um, but then country is my second, but no one ever thinks I'm a country gal, but. <laughs> I thought that was going to be your answer. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. That's pretty cool. <laughs> that makes me feel good that I feel <laughs> Like I like country. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Anything else that you want to plug or, or say before we close off? Like, um, not really. Just 
We'll run. Socials, um, Have fun. <laughs> <laughs> Don't herniate your disc. Yeah. That's good advice. Pro advice. <laughs> Thanks for joining us and, and taking the time. It was yeah, yeah, great to learn more about you and we enjoyed the Yeah, thank you for having me. Am I the first girl? Uh yeah. yes. Yes, you are. Woo! Yes. We have uh, the the second girl actually we're going to record later today. We're gonna record with uh Chris Schweitzer as well. So Oh fine. Yeah. yeah. All right, I gotta go talk about Jesus. So <laughs> I need it now after this. <laughs> All right. Thanks yeah. again and have have a great uh, rest of the weekend. Yeah, best of yeah, luck. You guys too. Thanks for thanks. having me on. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Bye. And that wraps up our interview with Stephanie Brown. Hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please uh, feel free to drop a like and a subscribe and a comment and share it with your friends, share it with your dogs, listen to it on multiple devices, stream it all day, every day. Help us grow the podcast. We really appreciate it. Also make sure you follow Stephanie Brown on Instagram. Follow her cooking page, Chef Perps as well. And uh, we also have a link in the description if you would like to help support Stephanie Brown and her journey to the 2021 Olympics uh, as an unsponsored athlete. You can uh, donate to her there and, and help support her in pursuing her dreams of making an Olympic team. Thanks for tuning in. Stay safe. Have fun. Stay true. Drink a brew. My freshman year, I accidentally said, like someone was asking me what, it was like at nationals afterwards, what I wanted to do. I'm like, I'm so ready to slam some Dr. Pepper. And then I watch it like now and I'm like, why would I say that? At least you could say like, oh, I'd really like a beer and you were like 20 at the time. I didn't drink till I was, my first sip of alcohol, I was 20 and a half. So I almost like made it. I barely had anything. Yeah, but no one would have thought that about me, for sure, because I'm just like, I was always at the party, I just wasn't drinking at the party. <laughs> that's yeah. good. Well, that's good that you can have fun without having to drink yeah. something like that. Yeah. <laughs>